Thank you for joining us on the Leader Brew podcast. We are on an adventure to explore inspirational leadership stories from the classroom to the real world. In every episode, we'll bring new perspectives and fresh approaches to solving some of today's most complex global leadership problems. We hope you enjoy listening and gaining valuable leadership insights. Now it is my pleasure to introduce you to today's host, Dr. Rick Erwin. Well, hello there and welcome. Thank you once again for joining us on another episode of the Leader Brew Podcast. I am Rick Arrowood and I am your host for today. I'm very excited with today's guest who I met back in 2014 in our Master's in Nonprofit Management Program. And uh, Tatiana, it is a pleasure to have you here today. So good to see you on the screen. Of course, we were talking earlier being in person would be even better, but next time we'll try to arrange it. So welcome to the podcast. So happy to have you here today. Hi, thank you for having me and glad to see you and your audience. Excellent. So let's talk about your experiences in the nonprofit world. You know, now you've become a, a global nonprofit uh, <laughs> mindset, right? So yeah. you, you have so much to, to offer. Um, let's go back to Moscow and we could talk about uh, your work previous to coming to the U.S. and um, you can get a sense for what's happening today in the nonprofit world. Okay, let's try to do it. Um, before I arrived uh Boston, I had uh, some different experience in nonprofits. Uh, it was uh, corporate foundations, and also it was private foundation. Uh, uh, last my my last job was in private foundation. Uh, I was in position of development director. Uh, you know. We did everything from the scratch. Uh, we had nothing, no technologies, no experience, no knowledge. That's why I decided to move to Boston and to study nonprofit management from professionals like you and other our teachers. Thank you so much for this opportunity. Oh, this is great. It was a, it was a pleasure to to have you in class and you know one of the things that I remember going back to the classroom uh, is you brought such a different and unique perspective to to how we were doing things. I, I think yes, you were here to learn, but one of the things I remember most about you is your willingness to share. Uh, what was happening at that time in 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 Russia, for example, and you know your your openness not only to learn but then that willingness to share, and I think that's that's at the core in my mind of of nonprofit leaders. Uh, absolutely agree. And for example, when I lived in Boston and tried to integrate in environment in professional environment, in just living environment. I needed to uh, understand people's values, people's interests. So I decided to enter to the board of, uh, um, to be a member of board 
local foundations, Romskot Education Foundation. I was honored to be there. Uh, I appreciate uh, uh, that uh, I had an opportunity to uh, to know something from them and to give something to them. It was very fruitful for both sides, not only for them, for me as well. That's uh, two ways to the road. Yeah, listen, I think you know one of the one of the things that I I, I remember talking to you about and, and you reminded me in the uh, initial questions that we had uh, was this the importance of networking particularly for international students and I and I think that is a uh, an important element that uh, sometimes international students don't take advantage of the networking but you reminded me this is a critical importance to, you know, not simply rely on the classroom teaching, but to really get out into that community and do things like um, volunteering on, you know, a local um, uh, U.S. nonprofit board. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, we cannot uh, uh, learn about life in the classroom. We can study technologies, approaches, but you, we have to apply them and to know people how they react to these technologies and approaches. That's about real life. That's about networking. And especially uh, for international students, my advice, not sit on the uh, classroom, on the uh, computer place, Go around, talk to people, ask them, understand their needs, and make your contacts, make your social network. And, and I, I understand it could be challenging yeah. to take that initial step. I mean, I think it's it's challenging for a lot of people, whether it's an international student or a domestic student. But it's one of those things where you're right. You just have to reach out of the classroom into the real world and and get out there and experiment. You know, this is this is certainly uh, certainly the time to do that. Let's talk about your. Uh, work in nonprofit organizations, and particularly the uh, the Russian Medical Solutions Foundation. That's what I'm very also interested mm -hmm. in in hearing about. Uh, you know how it began and where where you see its future is at. Thank you. Uh, this foundation was built uh, ten years ago. Uh, I get to know. I got got to know them. Just two years ago, it was already a uh, mature foundation. They had a lot of experience, a lot of technologies. Uh, for example, OncoWiki, a source of information for patients and their relatives and for doctors about oncology, oncological diseases. How to talk to people? Hopefully, you know, you don't know, <laughs> but doctors say. Hard to understand things, and uh, we need to explain uh, people who are stressed by this disease what to do, how to do it properly. Another impressive uh, part of foundation is high school of oncology. 
it's uh, for doctors uh, out of uh, university, medicine university. They teach doctors, young doctors, uh, using international technologies, international uh, connections to, to treat people using all of these. This foundation uses absolutely donors' money. It's very challenging in Russia uh, to attract th- this money, especially now, you know. So I'd like to discuss uh, how to save this foundation. What would, your, would be your advice would be uh, from your experience in such uh, ha- a tough uh, um, times how to save all of this? Yeah, look, as, a, as I'm listening to you, certainly this falls under the category of crisis management. Exactly. Right? So, exactly. Uh, here you have, uh, uh, you know, the organization has a number of years, uh, you know, under its belt, so to speak. Uh, it seemed to have been taking off an incredibly important organization, particularly for people when, you know, this isn't always the best of news. Oftentimes, it's going to be the darkest news of their life, this, you know, oncology uh, issue. So so the work is extremely valuable. I suspect that's where I would start. And in this case, you know, we check, yes, valuable work, important to uh, a great number of people, not just the ones who are getting the news, but the ones who are giving the news. I think the second challenge is certainly, you know, where are those donors today? Um, and that becomes sort of a, a a question, you know, are they um, likely to have left uh, Russia or are they staying? Uh, you know, so I'd, I'd need to know, we'd need to know more about mm-hmm. those donor intentions, particularly uh, as things have reached um, uh, a difficult point. Yeah, some of them uh, left Russia, left Russia. Some of them are abroad and cannot give money anymore because of sanctions, because of political questions. Our dream is to roll up our foundation, to make it international. A lot of our people, employees and uh, volunteers now are around the world. We are trying to save our connections, our work together and to build our job and not to lose our donors. Good point is about news. Thank you so much. Yeah, look, I I think uh, it's interesting. Had this situation occurred maybe 20 or 30 or 40 years ago, I think it would have been incredibly challenging to maintain that connection to donors. But nowadays, you know, even with a, a a war, right, you can still maintain connections through 
social media, through uh, Zooms, uh, you know, through phone calls. It's it's much much easier today to to do a couple of things. One, just because there's chaos going on, doesn't mean that the organization should shut down, right? Um, that's that's important. So we need to get that message out. How, how important that nonprofit is, as well as any other nonprofit, whether that be in Russia or whether that be in Ukraine, uh, given the current current situation. I think that's probably the, the 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 one of the things that sort of sort of comes to mind. The good news, I really do believe, is that if you can harness that energy, even though it's now dispersed perhaps all around the world uh it's just a matter of reconnecting those people through technology and using that technology to you know perhaps in your case having moved to another country perhaps that country is in need of uh, this type of nonprofit organization mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. for example our founder he has moved to Israel. A lot of people moved to uh, Armenia. A lot of people to Georgia. Uh, and around the world. I think every country has people who need our help. Uh, but uh, the point is that we need help now. <laughs> As a new people in new countries, as a, almost refugees, <laughs> you know. So yeah, what, one of the one of the questions I'm, I'm I'm really curious to know about when we talk about leadership, so leadership in the nonprofit space, the for profit space, wherever it is, you know, we we have this perhaps uh, biased belief. You know that leaders are to always maintain a bright, shiny uh, perspective and always look at things positively. Uh, you know to sort of be that charismatic, higher energy um, visionary that doesn't have a bad day. I- I'm I'm curious. So here you are, a really a nonprofit leader. I mean, this in my mind is you've done exactly what a nonprofit leader would do. My my fundamental question is, how do you maintain that? Let's keep going. Let's keep mar- moving forward. Let's keep marching on, even though you know this huge conflict is going on in in my in my motherland. So. How do you personally handle that as a leader? And and you know, are you always bright and cheery as you are today on on today's call? Oh, <laughs> I'm trying, but you know, <laughs> there are different days. Uh, I think that it's very important to see big picture. Yes, today we have tough times, but we have very important mission. Uh, and it moves us to go on, go on, go on, not to left it just throughout. You know, uh, we know that every part of our job has its impact on 
some people's lives. That's, that helps. It's, it's real work. Yeah. It's real purpose, real meaning. Yeah, absolutely. It's war. People die. But also people die every day because of oncology. This war, not over, never. That's an that's a very interesting perspective from the sort of leadership mindset in that you've been dealing with death and 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 uh, terminal diagnoses through this foundation for a long time. Uh, so so you've you've kind of just ad- adapted yourself to um, you know keeping that that let's just keep marching forward sort of sort of attitude. Regardless of what's going on, I don't know um, why. Why it's about me? Uh, just life is uh, more important than death. And yes, death makes us uh, weaker, but uh, we can fight for life. That's about priorities. You know, I have my I have my personal history in my family. Two close relatives who de- uh, died from uh, oncology. I believe they would be happy if knew that I help people who fight with oncology, and it makes me stronger. And and there's the personal motivation. Yeah, oh, that's that's. Yes, that's, 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 that's you know what what happens to have led you listen i i think i think the work of the foundation obviously crucial no matter what the times are good bad or somewhere in between and hopefully you can use your influence to stay connected with the donors that have been had been supporting the organization and you know perhaps you can be influential and look at other parts of the world. You know, when we when when we talk about individuals who are fleeing uh, conflict areas, um, they're going to new places. Well, in these new places, they're going to want to have a sense of purpose. And so, your job is going to be really, quite frankly, to figure to help them figure out that maybe there are other places that also need the types of services we offer. Uh, and, and maybe that's maybe that's your next journey in life. Yeah, probably. Yeah. So one of the things I'd like to ask uh, as we're wrapping up the interview is, you know, normally I, I say, you know, what would you tell that uh, seven or eight-year-old boy or girl? And, and I'm guessing that your son, is he around... Surrounded. He's twelve. He's twelve. Okay, so, um, so you know, it's it's a you know maybe a very interesting question to to ask, but uh, you know, I'm curious where you're at today. Uh, what would you tell the you know that young kid, seven, eight, nine years old, about life and and leadership, and you know what what's what what would you want to impart to them today based upon your experiences so far? I'd say we are born to be happy and it takes a lot of energy to be happy. Not only relax, you have to work a lot. 
you have to go out of your zone of comfort and you'll be happy because of new people, you know, because of new things, you know, because of new places you visit that will make you happy. Work to be happy. Go out of zone of comfort, but not forget to be relaxed sometimes. Yeah, because you know it's it's one thing uh, you know if we're 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 working perhaps too hard and we don't have that work life balance, yeah. uh, right? I think I think that is key because we we can get on this this train uh, to work 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 achieve achieve achieve, but you know as you really remind us, happiness is important, especially when times are in crisis, in chaos, or challenging, especially when they're uncomfortable, we need to be able to go to that happiness bank <laughs> and really tap into it. I think I think that's really key and, and very important. So that's awesome. All right. Do you have anything else you want to share with us? Uh, I wish... Uh... I wish you and your audience uh, to see uh, face-to-face, to to see each other face-to-face as often as we can see, as we can. That's wonderful. Well, listen, we are so glad to have had you on the on the call today. And, um, you know, I know I and, and everyone listening appreciates your um, positive outlook you know your your strive for happiness and and quite frankly the the work you've been doing um and the work you will continue to do so thank you so much for joining us today and i look forward to uh staying in touch uh with you so that's another episode of the leader brew podcast i want to thank um very much our entire team these podcasts take a lot of work to put together so thank you all to everyone involved from the classroom to the real world. So thank you very much and take care. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Leader Brew podcast. Please be sure to like, subscribe and share us with others. If you would like to be a guest or a co-host, please reach out to us at www.theleaderbrew.com or on our social media platforms. Be sure to check out our leadership courses at www.weleapforward.org. A special thanks to audio engineer Jared Zimirowski for making us sound great and to Northeastern University and Swinburne University. From the classroom to the real world, we hope that today's Leaderproof podcast ignited the extraordinary leader within.